your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. I'm joined in the studio this morning by uh, two people who are going to chat to us about this new National Ambulance Service Pathfinder service, which is coming to Limerick. Um, Shirley Real, Group Lead, Allied Health and UL Hospitals Group. And Keith Milan, who's Operations Resource Manager with the National Ambulance Service. You're both very welcome to the studio. Good morning to you. Good morning, Julian. Um, but Keith, seeing as we were just talking there during the break about Halloween and how it went, you were actually on the show last week talking about that and, uh, you know, the dangers around it. How did it go overall, do you think? I think, uh, good morning, Julian, and your listeners, <coughs> excuse me, I think it went very well. Um, I think the weather was very much in our favour. Uh, bonfires were quite damp. Uh, bangers around the area and fireworks were were low. I don't believe we'd any, uh, thankfully, any um, firework-related injuries over the weekend in, in around Limerick City and County. So um, I'm hoping that the message got out and I'm hoping people are more aware and I'm hoping the weather was favourable for that type of, to prevent that type of injury over the weekend. Okay, good. Well, we will move on, so, to talk about this collaborative project between the National Ambulance Service and University Hospital Limerick. Shirley, can you tell us how does it work? So what the Pathfinders is, again, as you said, it's a collaboration between um, the ambulance service. So you've advanced paramedics and you also have physiotherapists and occupational therapists um, on the team. So what it is, is that it's a rapid response to 999 calls. So the lower acuity calls that come in, and Keith can probably talk a little bit more about that. So it is trying to assess people in their homes. And then the benefit also of this Pathfinders is that we have a follow-up team as well. So if something has been identified um, with the patient at home then um, the team can go back out and follow up so when they go out to see a patient with um, after a 999 call there is um, a comprehensive assessment done by the advanced paramedic and then also by either the occupational therapist or the physiotherapist to determine the needs of the patient and I suppose there's really three outcomes from that Gillian one is that the patient unfortunately may need to be conveyed into ED the second is that they're treated on the scene and um, they're discharged from the service or the most likely is that they are treated um, they're assessed they're treated and then they are referred on to alternative pathways and looking at other methods of care for the patient rather than being um, admitted to ED. The first thing though Keith that strikes me with this when I when I read about it was does this not kind of hold up the ambulance service in other ways if paramedics are spending time in a home uh, further assessing and further treating a patient and somebody else is looking for an ambulance at maybe a road traffic collision or a heart attack uh, you know somewhere else that ambulance can't leave uh, that's correct Gillian what this service is providing is an additional service so the service this will not interfere in the normal 9 to 999 activity of the heart attacks or strokes that we deal of the vehicle that they're going out is a non-transporting vehicle so you'll have your therapist um, either physio or occupational therapist with an advanced paramedic the call will initially be identified through the National Communication Centre in Dublin and if it's deemed a low acuity call that an elderly person has slipped tripped or fell in their home doesn't appear to have any injuries the call will be diverted down this pathway rather than through the general 999 service it'll be assessed by a clinical hub in Tala they will deem it appropriate and the non-transporting vehicle with the advanced paramedic on it will go to the call. If it is deemed that this patient needs to go to hospital, one of the 999 ambulances will respond. But alternatively, this pathway will cater for the advanced paramedic who's not working on that 999 service. So it's an additional service we're putting in. 
Okay, so Shirley, has this worked in other counties? So um, Beaumont, this service has been working in Beaumont Hospital for the last two years. They were the first site. So we're really lucky to have this information from Beaumont that they've had for two years now. Um, we started last Monday and also it started in Tala and Waterford also on Monday. There is a hope to uh, roll this out to other counties um, as well and to other cities. So we're really um, benefiting from the Beaumont experience and our project has been based on the Beaumont and also we have very much um, information on what their outcomes and how they've progressed and developed over the last two years. It's too early to judge whether it's working here yet. Yeah, so we just started last Monday so we're really looking at developing capacity within the team and looking at building up their experience. I have to say we're really lucky on the team that we have um, an advanced paramedic who actually was in a similar service in Scotland and actually one of our occupational therapists was on the Beaumont team for the last two years so she's bringing a huge amount of experience with too so we have huge learning from that so we will we need to scale up um, and it's also learning for also the teams here we'll say the old hospital team for the advanced paramedics or the ambulance service here in diverting calls to um, this service. Keith I imagine you've visited many elderly people in their homes as a paramedic do you ever sense that there's a fear in them of being brought to the hospital because you know, we hear horror stories uh, all the time about waiting times and all that kind of thing. There is, Gillian. Uh, people, by nature, have a genuine fear of going to hospital. It doesn't help with the uh, with the demands that are on all hospitals at the moment. Uh, if we can develop an alternative care pathway that suits that patient and their condition, where we can bring the specialties out into the community, out into their home, manage them appropriately, provide a follow-on service to them the following day and get them into the community care model rather than everybody going to ED, I think the patient and the patient's family will find this much more favourable than their relative having to go to hospital for extended periods of time. Do, do you ever have a situation where they, you know, they just don't want to go into the emergency department and they kind of, you know, resist it? Absolutely. We've had that, uh, especially in our own Limerick, for a long time uh, when we downgraded our St. John's, our Nina and our North Tipperary service back in 2009. There was a genuine fear of going out to the regional hospital at the time, mm. especially amongst the elderly cohort of people, uh, That if they, especially if they needed to go. Uh, so it took a bit of persuasion and a bit of encouragement and involvement of the family that if this patient needs to go to hospital there's no question there's no question back then or now if a patient requires uh, a hospital treatment and hospital care that will be done what we're trying to identify is those who don't those who have that slip trip or fall overnight who've been on the floor all night with no obvious injuries will bring the specialist therapist out to them assess them in their home manage them in their home and if they need to by all means they will be conveyed to ED if not the follow-up service then will provide that care in the community for them Will this have an impact on our trolley numbers? So I suppose we are, I think everyone's aware of the unique situation that we're in in Limerick. We have one of the highest attendances at the ED throughout all of Ireland. We have issues with bed capacity. So I think there are numerous um, different projects that will impact on our trolleys. I think this is one. Um, I think it can. We're looking at maybe four to five patients a day being assessed um, by the, the Pathfinders team. So the from Beaumont, we know that they keep two thirds of the patients who they attend out of hospital. So 
it will have a small impact, but also it will have an impact with other services that are starting um, as well, which is we're looking at over 75's pathway and having a streamlined pathway for those lower acuity patients who come into ED as well to try and improve their patient experience and their patient outcomes as well. So I don't think there's one particular answer to our trolley situation, but I think this is one step in the right direction. And what about the training for the paramedics, uh, Keith? Do they need a lot more training to be able to do this? Uh, not necessarily, Gillian. What are uh, there are criteria for our, our advanced paramedics? So an advanced paramedic versus the paramedic is a paramedic with additional skill set to go back to college for additional period of time and, and, and carry and use more medications. The criteria is they've had five years experience operating as an advanced paramedic. So they've been well exposed to care in the community and care in the elderly to this point. As Shirley alluded to, one of our guys who's on it was on this heart team in Scotland who've been doing this for the last 15 years. So he's brought that experience with us. So we have uh, three advanced paramedics on this service at the moment. Uh, one on week, week one, week two, and then one relief person. So what they will do is they will provide the medical assessment to the patient in their home. If they find that there's no obvious medical reason why we can't continue to care for them in the, in the community, uh, they will engage with their physiotherapist or their occupational therapist counterpart. And if they both agree that this patient can remain in home, the patient can remain. If, they, if there's any discrepancy amongst, for whatever reason, each specialty, that patient will automatically be conveyed to the ED for further care. So surely this applies to people, is it 75 and over, is it? It's 65, 65 and over. 65 and over, okay. Yeah. Um, I suppose the question I ask is, why doesn't it apply to everybody? I mean, if somebody doesn't need to go to the emergency department, they shouldn't be brought to the emergency department. A very good point. I suppose what we're trying to look at is we're really looking at those older population who have maybe the worst experiences in ED. And also we're very much aware that those who are over 65 or over 75 have really negative experiences, negative impact by admission or um, to hospital or attendance to ED. So we're really trying to prevent this patient cohort from arriving into the ED in the first place. I suppose what we're trying to do is, to me, it's twofold. Primarily, I think we need to provide a quality patient care um, in the patient's home that's safe for the patient. Yes, secondarily, if it has an impact on um, ED attendances, absolutely fantastic. But I think the core thing for us is to make sure that we're providing really good quality care to patients in a place that is suitable to them um, and which is most of the time their own home. Okay, is it likely to be extended beyond the over 65s at any point? I think at the moment we would like to look at extending it um, even at the moment it is a Limerick service so we want to look at um, maybe extending further but really we need to see and as I said we started last Monday we need to gather some data and see the impact of the service and I suppose looking at and I know Keith um, we've done a heat map and the amount of these lower acuity calls that actually come from Limerick City is quite significant. So we actually think this one team will be quite busy in the Limerick area. Um, we will obviously have much more data in a couple of months' mm. time on that. But really what we would like to do, I suppose, rather than going to a younger cohort, is look at maybe ex- expanding to the rest of the Midwest. I'm, I'm just wondering, Keith, is part of the reason perhaps that you might have a higher number of calls from the over 65s to an ambulance service for things that may not need hospital treatment simply because they're often on their own. Their health is often more compromised and 
this may be their only way of getting help. Some of them as, as well don't drive. I know a fair number of widows back years, yeah. you know, who'd be o- older and the, the thing was the husband drived or whatever or, uh, and, and they never learned to drive. So those people, an ambulance is their only option even if something small happens. It is, Gillian. We're trying to break from the model that everyone rings 999 goes to ED. It's a big net that catches every fish inside in it and that's not appropriate, especially if you have someone in the community who, if you have an elderly uh, patient, an elderly person who, for argument's sake, who is under the home care scheme or has home help calling to them, an awful lot of our calls in around Limerick City and County have been an elderly person who've got out of bed during the night to go to the bathroom and their home help comes in and finds them lying on the floor in the morning. They've been afraid to move or they couldn't have got up. They're the type of cohort of patients that we're trying to identify because this targeted approach will identify their needs in their home. Mm. So they may never had an occupational therapist meeting, a physiotherapist meeting. The medical assessment might show they do not need to go to hospital and they will get them into the community uh, scope of care then. So the idea of coming into ED, having to spend several hours on a trolley and being discharged ultimately later on will avoid all that, provide appropriate targeted care for these elderly court patients in their home and from my colleagues in Dublin and their Beaumont it has been very very successful because their families of these elderly people are delighted that these people are not spending hours and hours yeah. in the ED. And is there any risk at all Shirley that you might have a situation where somebody really felt they needed to go into hospital um, but the programme decided no you don't? Yeah so I suppose Patient choice is always um, really, really important. So as Keith's already said, our safety net really is that if the two, the advanced paramedic and the therapist decide that the patient is unsafe to remain at home, then they come in. But if they decide that the patient is safe to remain at home, but the patient themselves don't want to stay at home, they will sit and they will talk to the patient and maybe their family and the GP as well. Um, talk it through with the patient to see what their concerns are and why is it that they don't want to remain at home or why is it that they really want to come to ED. But at the end of the day, if it is that the patient and wants to come to ED and they've exhausted all options, well, then, it's, then the patient will come to ED. Okay. All right. Well, it's very interesting and certainly shows that people are thinking kind of outside the box about how the, the healthcare system works. And I think there's very few people who would disagree with the fact that care in the home is what we all really want, as long as it's the best possible care that, that we can get. So Keith Milan and Shirley Rail, thanks for joining us on Limerick Today this morning. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live.